Hello, Tiny Cold Open today to give you a heads up that we had some issues with Elena's audio on this episode. She's going to sound like she's calling in from far away, but the conversation is great and I hope you enjoy it. Thanks. the heck are we uh freaking town that's all i know welcome to buckkeep radio we're coming to you from inside the walls this is episode 20 ship of magic chapters 6 through 10 and i'm rachel a rereader i'm Alyssa, a rereader i'm jenny and i'm a new reader i'm eli and i'm a new reader i'm elena i'm a new reader and i'm ashley and i'm a new reader First up is corrections, omissions, and announcements. One small announcement. It has been pointed out to me uh, that I, Rachel, use uh, serpent and dragon as interchangeable words and that I shouldn't be doing that. So apologies. Uh, And I'm just going to refer to everything as a worm now because... (laughs) That's worm with a Y, right? Yeah. Worm. Worm. (laughs) It's a sea worm. It's a sea I'm just worm. Just call them those gross things. <laughs> uh, and also, we wanted to have a small correction. Eli, take it away. Okay, so I didn't even realize this until I was re-listening to the episode. Um, but in the previous episode, I was trying to say that I thought Kenneth was an untrusty, untrustworthy point of view, and everyone else definitely took it as. Uh, and I didn't believe that could have been a real person kind of thing. And, uh, that is not what I was going for. Even though it led to some good discussion, uh, I got, I got pounded on and it was not my, uh, (laughs) not my due, I don't think. That's all. All right. Okay. Uh, and reminder, we are doing content warnings, uh, but I have no content warnings for this entire reading section. So, Except Yay. for the patriarchy. Except for the patriarchy. <laughs> uh, constant content warning for patriarchy. All right. So let's move on into our plot summaries. I'm up first with chapter six, The Quickening of the Vivacia. So spoilers, Efren is dying. The scene begins as Efren is brought aboard the Vivacia to expire. Our point of view is Brashen, who is losing his captain, the poor man. Efren calls for the figurehead Peg from Althea and urges Brashen to stand by her. Um, side note, figurehead Peg? What? Uh, Efren definitely likes Brashen the best out of all of his sailors, and he tells him by telling him that he was, eh, he was fine. He was okay. He guesses. So Brashen trails Althea to help her scuttle out over the figurehead to retrieve the secret sliver of wood that's hidden in the figurehead's hair. Uh, And then we're treated to Efren's death throes for a very long time while he (laughs) grasps the peg on the deck of the Vivacia. And for anyone with stone dragon PTSD, rejoice, Efren's body doesn't sink into the ship (laughs) during the family's (laughs) initial shock uh, after his death. I mean, Efren probably isn't even cold yet, like right after his death. Ronica urges Althea, who is still grasping the other side of the peg with her dead father. Uh, she wants to her she wants Althea to give the peg to Kefria, who is now the heir and the new owner of Vivacia. Um, 
And so she does it because peer pressure. And then Kefria just turns around and gives the peg to Kyle because, of course, she does. Uh, and then Brashen vows, I don't know, one out of 12 times that he's going to look after her. <laughs> <laughs> so then we switch to Althea's point of view. And now it's like a whole family row. Althea feels betrayed at the loss of her inheritance while Kyle is failing to jam the peg back into its hole, which... what could it mean (laughs) I mean they've had a few kids so he knows something Brashen reminds us us being the readers because we don't know this so we're not being reminded at all that only a blood family member can quicken the ship so Kyle tries to get Wintrow to do it uh, but he kind of loses that whole bout and in the end uh, everyone allows Althea to do it because they feel really guilty um, so she she kind of goes out there and puts the peg back in the hole, but she needs Brashen's help again. So he's holding her by the hips and like lowering her down so that she can reach. And of course, the ship awakens and the ship knows things. And she she tries to talk to Althea and calls her by name. Um, and then they get back down on the deck and Kyle goes completely berserk because Althea had been hanging upside down from Brashen's arms. And like, that's not appropriate. So Brashen gets thrown off the ship. Uh, but why would Efren leave the ship to Kefria? I mean, he doesn't even know he has Kefria as a daughter. I mean, Althea's brain is not working <laughs> in a correct way. I mean, Kefria is older than her, but like Efren didn't know Kefria existed. So nothing makes sense. And she's arguing with Kyle and saying like, maybe Efren wanted like Vivacia to belong to someone actually responsible, which is a huge Regina George energy thing that he does. And then Althea freaks out. And screams at him to shut up because she's not talking to him. And then she storms <laughs> off the ship. Uh, meanwhile, the ship is still alive and kind of like waiting for people to acknowledge her. So cut to Brashin, who has no job and no real plan. To the, and he's in the Bingtown ship's office, which is a new, also a new thing that we've just figured out exists. And he's there to get a ship's tag so that he can prove that he worked on the Vivacia and get a new job. But uh, spoilers, Kyle won't give him one because Kyle hates him. And that begs the question to me of like, why can't the Vivacia give out her own tickets? Mm. Um, but anyway, Brashen's like, okay, no ticket for me. And oh yeah, you're not going to pay me at all either. So he'll take his like half pay and he goes out into the world. Um, and as he's doing that, he sees angry Althea tearing her way through the docks. And he vows again that he's going to keep his promise to Efren and stand by her or trail after her or whatever. So. I was really disappointed that he didn't melt into the ship. I'm just going to say that. I was hoping it was going to happen. You, d- I mean, he's just laying there while everyone's screaming. <laughs> At least if he melted into the ship, I feel like he would have saved some dignity there. I felt this entire five chapter section was so emotionally draining. And it was just people arguing nonstop. And I like just wanted to punch all of them in the faces. I mostly just wanted to punch Kyle. Yeah, same. <laughs> I mean, Althea's kind of the same boat, though. She These little temper tantrums that she has, like, have your feelings. Her opinions are valid. But the way that she expresses them is super obnoxious. Yeah, it's not really the time, is it? I don't know. I feel like she's kind of being put under a lot of pretty extreme provocation Um, And she's also, what, like, 17 or 18. Um, So, you know, it's kind of like, 
grief and then having literally your world yanked away from you and also knowing that your brother-in-law is both an incompetent captain who's going to fuck up the family's trading fortunes and a giant dickbag who's abusive and nobody else in the family is aware of this and now he like gets to tell you what to do i mean ah, that's that's pretty extreme to be honest yeah i don't know I just think, um, like, this is a very dramatic event, right? Like, the man, this man has died clutching a magic splinter. And <laughs> then, like, we have, like, a whole, like, usurping of power within the family. Meanwhile, like, Wintrow's crying in the corner. And, Viv- and Vivacious <laughs> just, Winter. like, hanging off the front of the ship. Like, hey, I'm Vivacia. Hello. <laughs> Pay I thought this was me. my birthday party. Like, <laughs> did did anybody else note, notice the Efron? He was like dead for a couple minutes, so that he revived for like two seconds to say "Let go." <laughs> <laughs> he, he definitely was like the, uh, the 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 melodramatic stage death, where it's like he, yeah. he dies like five times because he can't let it go. <laughs> to get the last words out. And crush his daughter's dreams. <laughs> also, I feel like Vivacia could. I don't know if she could have voiced her opinions at that point in time. She still seems like she's getting her live ship legs, so to speak. Yeah. I don't know. She's. She doesn't seem totally developed she's as a as a personality. Like, I will only sail under Althea's captainship. Everybody else, get the fuck off. It, Which it, is exactly what Althea thought would happen. Yeah. Right? yeah. <laughs> but instead, it's almost like she's like, it's like when you're just waking up and you're like, well, what the fuck's going on? That's that's the way Vivacia <laughs> She's seemed. groggy after her long nap. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, she's a, she's a, a new consciousness coming um, yeah. coming into the world. So, like, there, there's going to have to be a period where she sort of creates her own frame of understanding of reality and the people around her before she can start making her own decisions. So she's in that sh- that's deep learning curve where like it's all learning and no decisions. Which reinforces Kyle's opinion that the ship is just, you know, a, just a special ship that can right. talk sometimes. Right. That can talk sometimes. <laughs> God, Kyle. Kyle's the worst. Kyle's the worst. He sucks real bad. Kyle's got to be a real person. Just like how many times do every does every other character have to tell you to shut up for you to get it? And I want to keep a tally. How many times <laughs> they tell him to be quiet? <laughs> shut up. I don't think Kefri is ever going to say it, but probably everyone else. Shut up. Just shut up. Stop talking. Yeah, but when you don't respect anybody except yourself, like their opinions don't matter. So it's like nobody said it. Right? Yeah. Right, guys? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All yeah. these wailing women. <laughs> Including the ship. And 13-year-old priest boys. Oh, poor Wintrow. This is some weird messed up shit. <laughs> oh, Wintrow. I do like that everyone present definitely heard Efren be like, hey, this is going to be a really hard time for Althea, but could you just like go and like, you know, make sure she's okay during this moment? And like, 
Brashen was like, this means I have to take care of her forever. forever. <laughs> <laughs> it was also kind of uncomfortable because everybody like totally didn't give a shit about Efren. Like the moment he was dead, everyone was just like, it's the ship, the ship, it's our ship, mm-hmm. yeah. my ship. Yeah, they're like impatient for you to die because the ship is worth more than he he was, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Indignity of that. Uh, do you guys have any thoughts on the magical peg, the ship's <laughs> peg? All I could think of is, and I don't know if anybody else has seen this, but Rachel and I certainly have. There's this movie called Cool World. <laughs> oh, God. You know, when she's trying to climb to the top yeah. to get the, the spire? Like, that's all I could think of. Yeah. I don't know. It's exactly like that. It's exactly like that. Oh, my God. This is just like Cool World. <laughs> um, if you haven't seen this movie, it's fantastic. It has Brad Pitt and Kim Basinger. And it's partially animated and partially live action. And I highly recommend it. The soundtrack is the soundtrack of mine and Rachel's youth. Yeah. It's the best soundtrack. It's wildly ever. inappropriate. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. You're going to watch it and be like, how old were these children when they were watching this over and over and over again? Because it's not, it's not okay. <laughs> that, was, that was the 80s childhood, childhood though. Like watching wildly inappropriate shit over and over again, even though it was not yeah. okay. Because nobody was there watching us, so what else were we going to do? Yeah, it was was also, like, half animated, so it was definitely for kids, right? (laughs) But yeah, the peg, I don't know, it's so, the theory was, like, the the ship would quicken, but if you hold the peg while it's quickening, like, it's got some extra juice in it or something, like, it's... Yeah, like, does it faster, maybe absorbs more of the, the memories of that particular person. Yeah. Well, you're sticking the memories right into the brain stem, right? You're just yeah, plugging it right in. Stem cells. What's inside of there, man? Has anyone ever dissected a live ship? Could he have at least melted into not. the peg? I just really wanted him to melt into something. <laughs> He's not. He's just laying there on the deck. <laughs> just Why? It's dumb. I don't like it. The they're just gonna haul it. They're just gonna chuck him overboard and let the serpents <laughs> eat him. It's fine. And we had the, the lovely image of Althea trying to close his eyes and they wouldn't close. Oh, I know. That was <laughs> oh, such God. a strange detail. I'm like, oh, Lord. Oh, thank you, Robin Hobb. <laughs> yeah. All right. Shall we move on to chapter seven? Because it's only going to get worse from here. <laughs> hey, sure. I did Who's chapter next? seven and it's called Loyalties. So the chapter opens from Winter's point of view. He's standing on the ship and he's watching this bizarre act of people both offering their condolences and their congratulations to the Vestrit family. Um, Efren's body is laid to rest at sea and a receiving line of sorts takes place for the various live ships to meet Vivacia. Um, Kyle is in full-on asshat mode and he's taken over the ship. He's barking orders and he berates Wintrow um, after he stumbles and falls. Somebody should get this man a number one dad coffee mug. Um, the Vivacia finally docks after a long and emotional day and the family begins to disembark. And Vivacia is upset that they would all leave her all alone on her first night. And she asks for Althea. And Wintrow feels badly for her. And so he offers to stay the night, um, which his dad is really pissy about, but he begrudgingly obliges. 
Um, he wants to have a talk with Wintrow that night, but Ronica says that the day has been too long and they just need to all go to bed and it can wait until tomorrow. So as Wintrow is escorting Ronica a few paces back as they're all leaving the ship, she mentions to him in like a low whisper about how he has a connection with the ship already and that the ship reaches for him and that he'll come to it and he'll come around in no time. And Wintrow is totally boggled by her cryptic message. And it's like, what the fuck old lady? Why, what are you talking about? Um, so Wintrow walks back to the ship for his slumber party and he gets really distracted by Vivacia's big giant boobies. Um, <laughs> this is really awkward. And he's unsure of the magic of the live ship, but he um, can't seem to reference any teachings of Saw that kind of declare that the magic of the ship is bad. He just has this kind of unease about it. Um, So he goes back to the ship. Torg, the mate, was supposed to leave Winter a blanket, which he does, but it's real crusty and stiff, I believe is the word they used. And it's just really nasty. (laughs) And he wants a new one. So... um, Torg kind of is just hazing Wintro and they argue a bit. And then Wintro just decides to find his priestly Zen state and he kind of drops, drops the argument and um, returns back to the deck. And there Wintro and Vivacia kind of grow, AKA they flirt. It seemed a little flirty. And I have to remind myself that this is like a young teenager who is off to preschool and probably hasn't interacted with a ton of women, but it just seemed a little flirty in the beginning. Um, Wintrow says that talking to her feels like what he imagines falling in love would be like and um, that he almost fears her when he's not away and tries to have these kind of rational thoughts about a live ship but that when he's back with her he feels bonded to her and she says it's reciprocated and that they are woven together extensions of life and that together they complete each other and Wintrow is just kind of in awe of her. So, uh, end of the chapter, we cut to Althea, and the girl got drunk. She got real <laughs> drunk. So, she's in the club, aka the tavern, and she's a hot, blubbering mess. She's that girl. And, like, fair enough, she had a really hard day. She's mad that the family took her ship from her. Um, but did they? She definitely comes across to me as a little bit entitled. Um but she's mad at herself definitely for stomping off and just leaving Vivacia there on her first night. So she decides it's time to go home. And it turns out when you get super duper shmammered that walking yourself home is a little bit trickier than you thought it would be. So alas, <laughs> Brashen was following her all day in super stalker mode and is ready to escort her home. And she tries to make a <laughs> quick decision to go and see Vivacia. And he's like, nah, girl, you're too messy right now. Like, it's not the time. You just need to get your ass home. And so she decides to go with him home. Whatever's going on with Wintro. I feel bad for him because he's he's not prepared. He's not prepared. He's, he's not. I feel like he's a little clueless. Yeah, it's almost like I mean I know they shipped him off when he was a child, but it's almost as if no one told him about his family at all prior to getting sent away to be a. Yeah, and what did they had they told us what age he was when he was sent away or how long he's been away? We know he's thirteen. I think he's been away for two years. Oh, okay, so not is, is like that, that, that right? long. Um, I'm going to look it up. Well, he okay. says that he remembers that he was like dragged around every day and he had to do stuff all right. day long. Like he had to go to, to dinners and get dressed up fancy and he had no time to himself. He definitely day. remembers feeling like an object, like he was presented as like, I am the child 
rather than feeling like <laughs> engaged or interacted with or having right. any sense of real like human connection or intimacy with anyone in his family. Um, so this is probably he liked like his, his sister, first... right? He liked he liked Malta. She was okay at, at the time, but not at now. The time, but not now. Yeah, definitely not. Now. Yeah, this is like his first experience of of having an actual friend, of, of having somebody who gives a shit what he has to say and is like yeah. interested in in talking to him and and sharing things with him and hearing like him. And that's really that can be really intoxicating, and it can be it can be really dangerous when you're not used to that. Yeah. Yeah, the the wiki doesn't specify how old he he was when he went to, so we'd have to look back in the book. I just the scene where he comes back and he walks back up to the boat and he's like, "I was distracted by her her bosom because it was just like out there." I'm like, okay, all right. <laughs> you can't marry her though, or can he? I don't know. I don't know where <laughs> this book is going. Maybe he can. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I like, I like the description, um, where he talks about how when he's not with Vivacia, he's very sure that she's not, if she's not evil, she's not a good thing. And then yet when he's around her, he feels that, that keyword intoxicated. Uh, yeah. She feels the same way about him, which is interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And they were, when he was listing off the types of magic that uh, he says are forbidden by the teachings of Sa. I, I just thought it was interesting that it was pointing out a lot of the, uh, like a lot of the things that Regal's coterie was doing. Uh, yeah, for yeah. sure. Well, just in case you hadn't been convinced that he was evil. Uh, <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> I was in doubt. All right. I do like that we're starting to like move around the city, you know, I don't know. It makes it feel like more of like a real place instead of everyone just bouncing back and forth between the house and the ship. Yeah. It's not real till you go to the club. (laughs) (laughs) How many taverns did Brashen follow her to and from? I don't know. I'd like to know, but... (laughs) She was bar hopping that night Enough for sure. Enough to make him kind of broke. Yeah. <laughs> I just love that she was drunk and alone and like muttering to herself with like tear stains on her face. And I'm like, oh man, I've totally seen that girl out before. <laughs> <laughs> I've been that girl out before. <laughs> okay, shall we move on to chapter eight? Yeah, night conversations. Kyle so sucks chapter three. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, everyone gets home and it is a lot. Kefria um, <laughs> goes. Kefria <laughs> goes to check in on baby boy Selden, who is crying because Malta told him that mom was too busy for a crying baby, which is just an incredible big sister move to pull. Um, and when the kids are put to bed, Kefria and Kyle go have adult time, and it's awful. I hated it. And 
<laughs> Kyle continues to be a condescending ass, and they gently argue about Althea's nature and Wintrow's priesthood and everything they've been arguing about over and over, and Kyle tells Kefria what to think, and she's content to acquiesce to his opinions, and Kyle gets up to go see if Althea's come home yet. And meanwhile, Althea's accepted Brashen's offer to take her home, and Brashen comes up with at least four more different ways to internally comment to himself, damn girl, you look like shit. And he's having trouble <laughs> maneuvering her down all the spooky town streets. And then finally he gets annoyed and he goes, are you really that drunk? And she's like, yeah. And like every respectable drunk girl in the city that I've ever seen, she takes off her shoes and throws them into the darkness. <laughs> And she demands that they stop for a McDonald's and Brashen says he's broke and you have food at home and they bicker. And finally, uh, Althea says that now that her father is gone, there's no one that's going to be proud of her anymore. And she promises... Yeah, I was like, oh, honey. And when she promises that when she gets her ship back, that Brashen will be her first mate and you're my best friend. Um, <laughs> <laughs> she's so hammered. Uh, <laughs> oh, my God, I love it. They, they turn down the Merchant Street and Brashen calms down a little bit because he's feeling an aura of magic. And then they see Amber, and they go by her shop, and Amber is sitting there staring out of her window, and Althea meets her gaze. And she looks happy to see Althea, and pleased that they're talking about her in front of her, until Althea remarks that Amber resembles the vivacious wizardwood with all the colors of life. And suddenly Amber is not pleased and makes a face and Brashen hurries Althea away. <laughs> it's very dramatic. Brashen tells Althea that Amber made her start in Bingtown selling wooden jewelry and then worked her way up and made money. And now she has a nice little shop. Um, they make it back to the Vestrit residence, and they have a nice little, thanks for walking me home. And Kyle opens the door and makes a goddamn scene again. <laughs> and he's just dragging Althea around and inside, waking up the whole neighborhood, yelling about how she's disgraced the family, like no one's heard that from him before. Um, <laughs> Kyle throws a punch at Brashen, and then Ronica shows up and tell her, tells everyone to go the fuck to sleep. <laughs> Oh, um, this is the part where Ashley and I quote home for the holidays. <laughs> into the house before we're on the evening news. Get into the house. <laughs> and then uh, Brashen leaves and to sleep, seek sleepy shelter with Paragon. And we get a bonus Tangle update. <laughs> they are still serpents and they are still lost. And they stop for a rest in the mud, and Sashuria and Shriver are talking about how all the other serpents are questioning Malkin's leadership because he's more seeming more lost than usual. And they're all, like, tasting each other's brine, Ew. which is, like, a double gross thing so to happen. Gross. I didn't like this either. <laughs> this chapter has a rough start and end. And 
Schriever has a vision and interrupts everyone about it. And Malkin rides in on her vibe and saying things like she sees and she shares the vision like they're at a serpent board meeting. And he says, follow me to rebirth. And that's how the chapter ends. So I read this chapter like Saturday night and I took like a three hour nap while reading it because I couldn't stay awake. And I feel like I was delirious by the time we got to the serpent part. I was just like, what the fuck am I reading? Why is it over? You forgot the part. You forgot to uh, to really detail the part where he he kind of binds himself around the yeah. other the other serpent. Oh, God. And then they, then they like rub on each other in like a weird infinity thing. Yeah. Yeah, I love Ugh. it. <laughs> they just seem... My God. I'm just glad people don't talk to each other like this, you know? I'm going to start it's talking to perfect. you like this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we have to like... She speaks this... and she podcasts. <laughs> Taste my salts. Oh, God. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh. I'm like, I feel like a PG person whenever I read some of this. I'm just shrinking away from the book like, oh, God, <laughs> tangles. <laughs> Which is worse, the Kefria and Kyle sex scene or yes. the tangle? Why oh, are you doing man. this to me? <laughs> That's a tough, that is a hard ass question. I think My first we're meant in that scene to sort of like give Kefria a break because apparently Kyle's just like really hot and we're supposed to be like, oh, it's okay. He, she's just being led astray by her lady parts. And I don't Ra know. Rachel, how hot could a man named Kyle possibly be? <laughs> Sorry to all the Kyles. <laughs> I, thought, I thought that whole scene was about like explaining why Kefria chose him because he was not like her father. He wasn't going to go to sea. He was... Like, he was logical and not emotional. And, like, basically, he was, like, all the things she thought would make her safe and happy. And she's very willing to be a side player in her own life because that's, like, what she thinks is cool, I guess. Yeah. I don't she know. She definitely wants to be a side player. That's what she wants. Yeah. I, I, I want to jump into Tangle way more than I want to see them again. You don't, they don't even ask you if you want to taste the brine, though. You're just suddenly tasting it. I don't know. Sometimes I, it seems I more no serpents were hilarious. Okay. But, but the, uh, the Kyle Kefria scene, it like literally made me nauseous. Aww. Yeah, though. Uh, particularly, there was like a line where she was talking about, oh, I feel terrible because my mom doesn't have this all this sex anymore. Yeah. And he was like, oh, yeah, I thought about that while I was touching you. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God, I'm done. I'm done. I don't care anymore. I don't care about this chapter anymore. Oh, my God. It's the gosh. beginning. <laughs> Yeah, I can identify with a girl who wants to relax and not think about anything, but God, with Kyle. Yeah. Yeah. It was, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. The whole thing is, I hate the, like, when I started reading that scene, I'm like, oh my God, he's so self-serving because he just got home and he's like, I just want to like fuck my wife, but like not in like the romantic way, just like I have these physical needs kind of way. But then I realized that, like, no, she was actually really into it, too. And I'm like, God, these are just two, like, kind of really horrible people. 
and then all the weird shit that they say. And then he ends up, he gets up and puts his robe on and is like, I'm going to go check on your sister. And I thought that was a really bizarre post-coital situation. Like, yeah, she was like, why are you leaving? I also really did not enjoy his whole thing where he was like, yeah, when we were on the ship, I told Althea to go to her room and, and like not come out. She actually listens to really, she just needs a firm hand and yeah. then they'll be better. She just needs boundaries. Like, you. <laughs> Hate him. Hate him a lot. He definitely read the wrong parenting manual. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he's ever seen a parenting manual. Well, no, like, well... I mean, obviously, but like his whole idea is like, you know, rule the children with a firm fist and tell them what they're going to be and they'll love you for it and thank you for it Mm -hmm. because you'll make them into fine, you know, I'll make, I'll make Wintro into a fine man and he'll thank me for it someday, even if he hates me for it now. I mean, I know that's a later chapter, but like, that's his like mentality. Like with Althea, like she's never had a boundary drawn. So like, I'll draw those boundaries and like, she'll love me for it. She'll she'll be really happy with that. No, no, nope. Nope. Not how people work. That's not how children work. You fucking asshole. (laughs) (laughs) He wouldn't hear you because you're just a woman and it doesn't matter. Eli would have to to try. <laughs> too much of a wintro. He wouldn't like me. <laughs> You're too much of a wintro? Is that what you said? <laughs> uh, I'm not mad That's at kind of You don't want to go coil some rope, Eli? Huh? You don't want to go coil some rope and like be a sailor? Oh, yeah. All about toilet <laughs> rope. <laughs> well, you're all about seeing through the seeing through the bullshit. Like this is make work. I'm making it worse. Why am I doing this? <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Uh, the woven chair she lounged in was white wicker work. She wore a long brown gown that hung simply from her shoulders. <laughs> it more cloaked than enhanced her slight form. Her shop windows were neither shuttered nor barred. No guards lurked outside. Perhaps Amber trusted her own strange presence to deter thieves. That's bold. I hate I Amber. Would... <gasps> Why? What? Do you... What? She's literally in a paragraph. <laughs> right now, I'm not feeling good about Amber. I don't like the... I'm taking a picture of the screen right now. <laughs> I don't know. Right now, she just seems like maybe she's doing something a little sketchy. Maybe she's not. But what I really disliked about her was the way that she was just looking out the window. I don't know. It's I mean, don't have the internet. (laughs) (laughs) But the way that she was like, I don't know, like being almost like a mannequin in the window and uh, that whole thing just rubbed me the wrong way. Like she seems like an attention seeker to me, and I don't like those people. <laughs> you, I, I flip. I, it's fine. I might come to love her just like I thought the fool was a fucking creepy asshole, and then he turned out to be a <laughs> so. You know, it can all change. Nothing set in stone. So, is this the chapter where they talk about how you can pay someone to? make you a wizard wood charm yeah um 
Althea asks if Amber works in Wizardwood, and I think right. Brashen thinks about it a bit, and he's like, oh, hell no, that's taboo. She just yeah, I think the implication wood. was that, like, there's no way but she could be that But then they also go on to say that, like... Selling wood trinkets kind of thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they also say right, that, like, right. you allegedly you can, you know, you can find anything in Bingtown, so they kind of... Like, anything but them, happiness. Like, maybe, <laughs> maybe. Yeah, I don't know. Amber definitely had like a big, big witch energy. Like something's going on there. Whether she rolled down the Rainwild River or is uh, carving up the the wizard wood or whatever, there's something. There's something there. Yeah, yeah. It's dark. They're drunk. They're like suddenly <laughs> in like this, and then they see like this shop with this like person in it staring at them. Yeah. Like it is kind <laughs> of weird and creepy. Yeah. Is it magic or is it the buzz? <laughs> But I do like that they again have reminded us that these these wizard wood objects, right, that we've encountered, uh, Kenneth has one, and then uh, Edda had one. Uh, that maybe they're they're pretty well known; like people know about them. It's just like you can't really get them. Allegedly, because it's we need to learn more. <laughs> do you what do you all think about Amber being the person who carved um Kenneth's charm? He killed the person that carved his charm. <laughs> oh yeah, never mind. <laughs> I mean she could get killed and then like have a new body, that would be cool. Yeah. If she's a witchy woman, she could have made that work. So a life ship. It's a whole bunch of wood, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe from a whole tree. And so it's like a person. Is it just the people that go into it? Or is it like, did it have its own life beforehand? Like, like Saw's like, tree? I'm thinking of that tree of Saw that he was, yeah, that like, it seems like it was its own person. And then like, you, you carve it up. What do you got, like 15 people that are the same person? Or... You got like a fragment of a person. <laughs> like, what are, you, are these like little? So you're talking about the little horcruxes. Like, is, I don't, are the ships what is going the on? It's, it's ancillary justice all over again. Yeah, yeah, it's ancillary justice. They're little. They're just um, little little pieces of a whole. It is really confusing, considering things. <laughs> I'm not saying shit. Sorry. And like, <laughs> nope. This like this train of thought feels like i feel like it should be obvious to people who live in this world like is it okay to like cut people up is that why they make it taboo or is it because they can't get a live ship if you cut it up into little pieces you know and they want the live ships well and and they have they have their um their monopolies out of the items that they trade right so maybe like can it definitely didn't buy a license for that piece of wizard wood or whatever you have to do. <laughs> if he had, Stop. he would have had to kill the license maker. Too. Yeah, it definitely yeah. seems like you have to be a, one of the original families to get wizard wood. Is that... Right, otherwise everyone would have cool talking yeah. ships, right? What do they have, like, is all the wizard wood on their land? Is that what it or is? Or is that you have to... They're go, like original, wait, they're, they're oh, what... Oh. 
We haven't really seen lands. where they get wizard wood. From. I was thinking you'd have to go up the rain wilds, but then you need a live ship to maneuver the river, so that doesn't make any sense. Um... Yeah, that, that was my impression too. Is that they traded up river for it? But yeah. But then you can only trade up river if you have a live ship already. So. But they started in the rain wilds uh, and then okay. they they left. Okay. All right. Okay. So That's maybe. a solid theory. Yeah. I want to learn more. Rachel and I's polite silence. <laughs> I want to know more. <laughs> Give me more. All right. I got to grab right. a new one. Hold on. Should we t- move on to oh, shit. Oh, chapter that's a good nine? Idea. Right there. Mm-hmm. All right. Chapter nine. <clears throat> we start with the Paragon hearing footsteps on the beach. He notes his own cautious fear of them because they because so often humans have harmed him, even the children who throw rocks at his disfigured face, the little bastards. He is blind. <laughs> he had his eyes gouged out, we learn. He thinks about the only live ship he knows of who managed to die. It burned for hours in the harbor. Um, and Thanks, <laughs> he kind of ruminates on that for a few minutes until the human gets close enough to greet him. It's our friend Brashen, of course, who is kind and polite to the ship. And Brashen asks permission to come aboard, and Paragon agrees. They reminisce about how last time they were hanging out, Brashen taught Paragon how to weave. But this was apparently a year ago, and Paragon hasn't seen a human since. God, and. So a year ago, Paragon wove Brashen a hammock, so when he comes to sleep, he's got a place to stay. Um, and Brashen promises to tell all about his adventures after a nap. And Paragon feels a lot more comfortable with a human that he likes and trusts on board. So, side note, Paragon is essentially in solitary confinement, and that is not okay. It's- like, his consciousness is a melding of different human consciousnesses. And we're pack animals. And, like, we kind of go crazy if we don't have contact with other humans, especially, like, kind and caring contact. And he's, like, being punished for decades for fighting back against an obviously abusive crew. And, I don't know, I just, I want Brashen and Althea to run off with him. So, like, team El Brashigon. It's <laughs> just saying. <laughs> <laughs> like, they, they, can, they can all find what they need in each other. This was um, definitely my favorite part of what we've read so far. Yeah. Oh, so good. Same. Yeah. Um, so the next point of, point of view we get is Kenneth, who is hosting Sorkor, his first mate, for dinner. And Kenneth, we learn, has just redecorated his captain's quarters with all the bling so that he can impress his second and presumably the rest of the crew with what money can buy. Um and he kind of muses for a moment on how his own taste is, of course, to like the understated and elegant and, you know, the other guys don't understand quality. They need they need the flash, not the substance. Um, so he's revisiting the idea of the pirate king, but with a new frame. He's like, no, no, I didn't mean like an actual king where everybody bows to me. I meant everybody's like free to be king of themselves and and I'll lead by example. So we can have we can have a town where we have like wives and families that are safe, that are protected, and um, all the money that we're stealing from other people is actually going to build something and go to something. And um, the worker is like, okay, I'm, I'm listening. Tell me more. And Kenneth's kind of big idea is basically to charge protection money to merchants who want to run through um, the inner channel uh, past the pirate isles, but uh, he figures he can get everybody on 
on in Divi Town on board eventually because they'll all get a cut of it, and that'll be a cut of every single cargo, not just the ones they catch. So I'm like, okay, economically pretty sound. Um, it's kind of a win-win for them and the merchants moving up in the world. And Sorcor's like, okay, how do we get everybody on board with this? And Kenneth's like, we capture a live ship! Ta-da! And then we, f- uh, we find out from Sorcor that he's like, all right, I'll go along with this batshit crazy plan that has no chance of working on one condition. For every live ship we chase, we also chase a slave ship, and then we free all of the slaves. Um, and so we find out that Sorcor is like actually really passionately against slavery and wants to uh, be an activist. And it's because he was kidnapped and forced into slavery. They marked his face with a slave tattoo. And so he's like, if I'm in a free port, I'm fair game for any slaver. My choice is like be a slave or be a pirate. This is not the life I wanted. And um, Kenneth is not a total moron. He kind of sees like, okay, I need Sorcor's help to do this at all. And he's clearly not budging on this. So he agrees. And the final point of view in the chapter is Wintrow, who is at the family meeting the next morning, trying to argue Uh, his point that he needs to go back to the monastery. And he says that when his family gave him to Saw, it was permanent. He is no longer part of the family. He belongs to Saw. So then Kyle finally uh, shows his true colors to the entire family. Um, Or at this point, I guess it's Ronica and Kefria are the ones who haven't seen it. And he tells his son, you're mine. You belong to me. The family needs your labor. Therefore, you will be used. And basically uh, starts invoking a law that, like, children belong to their parents until they're 15. And so you're 13 now. I have two years left of you, and I'm going to get it. And Wintrow stands up and says, I'm leaving. I'm leaving today. I'm going to go pack my things. I'm going back. And Kyle decks him. Uh, We have this beautiful moment where Wintrow, like, uh, sees it coming and sort of completely dissociates from his body. And he's like, just being very philosophical, like what is fear? What is physical fear versus other kinds of fear? And you can kind of vaguely hear like his mom and, and his grandmother trying to yell at Kyle not, not to, and then boom, knock out. And uh, that's the chapter. Mm. Kyle, so it's chapter four. Mm. Oh, one wonderful parenting. Yeah. Style. He's killing there. it. Yeah. <laughs> they, that man has the peg. He has the magical peg. <laughs> <laughs> but did he earn it? No. So Paragon. 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 I feel so bad for him. He's just blind and he scared and lonely. He just seems really lonely. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He He's misunderstood. He's so depressed. He's the little emo boat. Well, and, and again, like um, from from what we've learned of the of the live ships and what, where they talk about the ones that have, you know, gone gone mad or like killed their crews and stuff, like it, it there's a pretty strong implication that yeah, it was inconvenient for for those people, but what were they doing to their ships? Like, how were they treating them? Yeah. Not teaching them how to weave. I like yeah, the they're contrast. not like hanging out with them. I like the contrast between P- 
Paragon listening to people talk about his selling and possible chopping up and versus Paragon when Brashen comes around like he's positively chatty. You know, he's you know, if you're a <laughs> nice dude, you're going to get the uh, the life ship's going to talk to you. Mm-hmm. I actually had to go back and look at who the family that owned Paragon was. I was like, is he, is it the Trell family? Is like Brashen, you know, one of his blood people. Um, but it's the, it's the Ludlux. But uh, I was going to say log bottoms, he... but <laughs> I was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Close enough. Um, but that being said, you know, two old trader families, it's also entirely possible that a Trell married a Ludlux somewhere up the family tree and Brashen does have like a blood relationship. Oh, yeah. That's actually something I wanted to talk about because there seems to be uh, quite a, a focus on ideas of blood relation and how that works and like how it has to go down one specific line or, or doesn't. And like, why do why do the ships need someone um, that is blood related to them? Right. Like, why do they need that? Why, why is that the way that you maybe control them or animate them? And how does that start? But I also feel like they were, that you know, Devon was gonna sell Paragon to whatever that guy's name was, um, Mingsley, as a whole ship. So like he wasn't related to any of them. So was that gonna work? Well, I, yeah, I don't know. Like, can you, can't, will they just sink to the bottom of the ocean if you, <laughs> if you try to, if you don't have someone who's related on board and like what, what counts as related? If you kill everyone in a family, then yeah, what counts as related? Or can it's planned to steal a life ship? Right. Can he steal a live ship? I want to see, I want to see. Yeah. Well, at this, <laughs> at this at this point, I'm hoping he does. Like, it'll get Wintro away from Kyle. It'll get Vivacia away from Kyle. <laughs> Can it suddenly not looking so bad, y'all? Oof. <laughs> it's, it's horrifying. <laughs> well, I, I actually had had um, an idea as far as the. Um, as far as why it needed to be a family member, and I, I, I mean, is, isn't part of the magic of the live ships that it's three generations of one family that basically offer their their spirit or their essence to the ship, like in order to quicken it, and so that's like what that consciousness is is partly based on. So maybe in order to sort of feel fully bonded, or or actually make the bond that it it needs, um, it has to be somebody from the family. I like that it's because of that. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned uh, in our last episode the idea of collective consciousness. Like, maybe maybe they need a person to help them access that collective consciousness. Mm-hmm. Maybe it doesn't have anything well, to do with also, blood. Maybe if... maybe it's more like um, it. Maybe it would work if you were friends with the last person who got absorbed with the ship. I don't know, like. That it's like so, so psychotico, not actual blood. Yeah, like it's like, the consciousness of that person is in there. They would be comfortable with you because they knew you, kind of thing. Yeah. So what if you like 
steal a live ship before it's quickened, do you have to, like, kill three new family members, or... Yeah. How does that work? Kenneth, your timing is off. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, they do say over and over when Kyle's being particularly awful that he knows nothing of tradition and traitor tradition and they don't say anything about it any of this being truly necessary tradition how how many (laughs) generations have they been has bingtown been around is it only been three generations or has it been more i i would thought it would be the three that was my takeaway but Three generations is the Vivacia, so, but there have been yeah. lives before the Vivacia, so... Yes, yeah. as noted by the meet and greet that they had, which I thought was funny. I guess, I guess my point is that, like, three or four generations is when it takes three just to make the ship quick, and that's not, like, a statistical significant amount of... Yeah, it, had, it, had, it has to be longer than that. Like, yeah. like I mean... They don't know in the terms rules of years, yet. So they, said, they know some of the rules, but right. not all of yeah. them. Do they have to still keep feeding people to the ship? Does it get better if they After feed more speaking? people? Does it just become even better, better ship? Super ship. I don't know. Let's murder somebody. The ship is hungry. Yeah. <laughs> Does it grow legs? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Does it walk on land? What if other people die aboard the ship? If they're not holding the peg, does that like, does that do anything? Partial backup. <laughs> <laughs> does anybody else picture Captain Hook and uh, his his little sidekick? Me, <laughs> me. <laughs> now I'm going to. <laughs> Eli. Uh oh. No, don't don't you dare. <laughs> <laughs> the cat is attempting to jump onto the, the oh, okay. <laughs> jump up to where the microphone is. <laughs> oh, okay. Let My the cat speak. Just... <laughs> <laughs> She's feeling Sees very neglected right now. My kitty boo hasn't meowed at the door, which is rare. Normally she's on the other side, like, please. <laughs> We'll do an all she has nothing episode. to say about Kyle. She's just like, I'm good. <laughs> no opinion. All right, let's move on to chapter 10. Keep us moving. All right, chapter 10. Big angry boy. <laughs> I, think, I think it's actually confrontations. Yes, it's confrontations. Oh, so Althea is walking through the house and she hears the family arguing over Kyle's you know, knocking Wintrow out. And um, she's listening from around the corner. Kyle maintains that Wintro's best interest is at his heart. He's trying to whip the kid into shape so he can survive ship life because he wants him on the ship. He wants uh, he wants his own blood, the one that is uh, in cahoots with Vivacia. So aboard a ship, opinions don't matter unless they're mine, he says. Veronica is having none of this, but it's becoming apparent that Kyle and Kefri are now legally have control of pretty much all of the family assets. And why the hell have you just are you just now realizing this? Like right. you knew this going <laughs> in. Um, but she's learning that Kyle isn't afraid to use this uh, this fact to get his way. 
It's also apparent that he doesn't think a woman could possibly handle the running of the estate as well as he could. And he's like just five or six times he's he he points out that, you know, you, you did a pretty good job for a woman. Um, you know, you're not doing a bad job, but, you know, now it's time to actually do things right. Um, so the conversation turns from Wintrow to Althea, as Kyle points out how willful she is and how he wants strict control over her to curb her behavior. Um, at this, Althea charges into the room, and I like the quote, uh, like a ship under full sail. <laughs> and at this point, shit really hits the fan. So uh, I... I Rather than, you know, talking about how they argue, I've, I've got a few quotes. Uh, he, he says multiple times, I'm the man of this family now. <laughs> and <laughs> Althea says, I don't care what my father was deceived into signing at his deathbed. So after they yell at each other for a few minutes, Wintrow regains consciousness. And Althea learns that Wintrow has a bond with Ovatia, which she is very shocked and offended at. So Wintro is fed up and small baby tells everyone what's what. And he's being <laughs> like literally the most logical and uh, mature person in the room right now. And he thinks everyone is being shitty and they're taking away his priest studies just to run the ship and make the family more money. And it's not Saw's will. And he doesn't, he doesn't want this. And he realizes that they're taking away what Althea wants just so that they can put him in charge of something he doesn't want so that Kyle can get his ambitions. So this calm reason doesn't reach those in charge, however. Kyle says that he would let Althea on the ship if she could prove herself on another ship, but he really doesn't mean it. Um, so Wintrow suggests that Vivacia could vouch for her, and he immediately just like loses his shit, and he's... Uh, Changes the subject back to Wintrow being, you know, a complete sack of useless. He's not a he's not a man. He's a stupid little priest boy. Um, so Wintrow continues to maintain that he is a priest and isn't governed by his family anymore. He's not actually part of their family. He is a priest of Saw. And Kyle intimidates the boy into going back to the ship by just like you know standing over him and yelling at him and uh, saying things like mine you are mine and he said that in the last chapter as well it's just like he's just being an aggressive bully um so at this point everybody is pretty shocked at what kyle's doing like even ronica and kefria kefria is like crying in the corner and ronica is like finally like oh shit i made a, the wrong choice um he uh Kyle sees how everybody is just like staring at him like he's a crazy person and he um, starts trying to explain his behavior and he's like, hey, look, you guys are really bad at money. You're doing it all wrong. Um, and I'm just trying to save us. You're and I, I feel like here's just a little bit that we actually learn from Kyle. Um, the creditors are on the verge of confiscating their land. So they're like, you know. They're old money, but they are about to lose everything. Um, and then he thinks that he should take control of the family and, uh, you know, direct everything before it goes into ruin. And Kyle thinks Althea's role should be to marry as best as she can to uh, shore up the benefit of the family with, uh, you know, like a nice dowry or whatever. Um, shore it up. <laughs> 
Ronica explains that Efron had intended to give Avesha to to Althea all along, uh, and to give everything else to Kefria, but because he was dying, and the the ship is so hugely in debt, it's tied to the land, and you can't really separate the two. Um, so Kefria had to get everything because she's the one with a family to take care of, and so. As a part of that, um, Althea is supposed to be taken care of by Kefria, um, but she doesn't get anything. And so Althea is like super pissed off about this, and she's like, you know what? Fuck you guys. I'm gone. I'm, I don't want anything to do with this family anymore. Point of view changes to Ronica, who realizes that Althea is like, she is, she is seriously, she's gone. She's probably not coming back. Um, and she realizes that Kyle's an idiot and he's a jackass and he's just, <laughs> you know, trying to get as much as he can. And, uh, you know, he's he wants to be in charge. That's what he wants. Um, so Kyle is now twisting the requirement to provide for Althea as a way to discipline her. Like, oh, I've got your money, but you got to do what I say to get your money. Um, and... Uh, Veronica fights back against that and it immediately realizes that Kefria is just going to give in to whatever her husband wants to do. Um, cause she, she's, I mean, she's very spineless, but for some reason her mom is just now realizing that. Um, and now Ronica is fearing that Kyle is going to, uh, now that he has control of all of the property except what she brought to the marriage with Efren, um, she's fearing that Kyle is going to use the same tactics against her. So she's uh, changes her tactics to be conciliatory to get you know learn more about what Kyle's plans actually are. And Kyle details his uh, plans to save the family, and it is to deal in the most profitable cargoes, which, simply put, is slaves. Something that they don't do anymore. Um, dun, dun, dun. I They're mean... putting himself directly in Kenneth's yep. path. Good job, Kyle. Yeah, we see how that all's going to link up. Just kill each other and we can be done with both of you. Win-win. Oh, I hope God. Kenneth uh, I saw. I just saw this drawing, Jenny. <laughs> I'm going to tattoo it on my face. <laughs> my contribution Kyle? since i didn't do a chapter summary oh down with kyle you, it's good i'm gonna put it i'll put it on the the description so everyone <laughs> can see it and post it to instagram tag robin hob it'll be great uh that was the worst that I, was the worst chapter i've ever read it was the, i'm telling you all of the arguing in this whole section it was just so emotionally draining lot. I felt like I was there There's having to witness all of it in the flesh. You were the yeah, serving person point, standing kind of like, in the corner. I need some bad things to happen to you people. Yeah. <laughs> I literally can't wait for you the pirates it. to come in and just start just tearing the shit out of Kyle. I can't wait for the pirates. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, Kyle versus pirates. <laughs> What's he going to do? Yell at him? <laughs> <laughs> He'll just stand I mean, in the moonlight. So her so will be aligned, beautiful like, and in purpose because it's a slave ship and it's a live ship. They'll yeah, be I know they're gonna be. It's gonna be great. It's like Christmas morning. 
also <laughs> i can't i can't imagine that vivacia would be pleased to have you know hundreds of miserable <laughs> slaves huddled well and i her. do like that ronica brings that up of like hey like that might not be great like no winter will stand there tell her it's fine and he's like, I'm going to take great care of my slaves. Like, nobody else is ever yeah. taking care of their slaves. They're going to be the happiest slaves in the world. It's like, nope. But I'm going to keep so them, happy. like, cha- you know, tied up in a, in a you know, hold yeah. shit. But, you know, it's going to be great. It just goes so perfectly in line with y'all's questions from before, because we all know history. Like, yeah. what happens when a slave dies aboard, or many do. Yeah. Hmm. It's weird how we have that contrasted with this other ship that's laying on a beach, blind and hacked to bits and crazy. It's weird how that works. Another interesting thing that happens during the chapter that I didn't uh, I didn't summarize because I thought that the, the the slavery bit was a good ending to the summary. Um, but the, after he talks about slaves, he talks about um, traveling up and doing trade up the Rainwild River, which yeah. you learn that mm-hmm. um, only live ships can do, and uh, Efron had decided that the family was not going to do that anymore. Um, and this is apparently the most profitable way to run a ship, is to do trade on the Rainwild River. But uh, it doesn't go into a lot of detail why. I mean, you can maybe make some supposition based on you know a lot of the disease came from the rain wilds area and they had right. to, they had to flee it um but we don't really know why um other than they're like no you'll die if you go there um find out more in the rain wild chronicle <laughs> well, i like that they're specifically like kyle will die if he goes there definitely die <laughs> Win win again. Yeah. Dear Kyle, let Althea stow away on the ship. The take it to the Rainwild. Let him die and then take over the ship. It'll be fine. Take it to the Rainwilds. Just take it. So I'm very curious about what's up the Rainwilds. What's going on up there? What is Drama. up? We'll have four books to tell us. Yeah. So. Yay. <laughs> I'm so excited. I'm grinning from ear to ear. <laughs> we all talk about it and speculate. Oh boy, oh boy. <laughs> um all right uh let's move us into every episode prompts uh this be my crew character introductions and exits hello vivacia hello vivacia and her big boobies (laughs) (laughs) yes they're vivacious (laughs) we got amber who tbd you know hey amber hey do we need a new like (laughs) creepy rating she's not creepy i just don't like her vibe you don't like how she just stares at people at yeah. night while they're drunkenly staring at her. She, she, she gave a drunk bitch this dink eye. Like, nobody likes that woman. Like, nobody likes that. Like, let me have this. Let me have this, bitch. I don't know. It's like, midnight. Kids on my doorstep making a ruckus talking about me. She was happy about it until until Althea said something she didn't like. So. Well, because they were like, oh, my God, she's... <laughs> She's just so statuesque, and oh, look at her amazing shop, and oh, she just looks so cool. And it's like, yeah, I know, I'm awesome. And, and then they're like, oh. 
It's like, but actually, that's kind of weird. And it's like, excuse you. (laughs) (laughs) Keep walking. Keep walking. Nothing for you here in my shop. Uh, X marks the spot. Where the heck are we? Uh, Freaking Bing Town. That's all I know. Can't wait to leave. Bingity bing, uh, bing bing town. Yeah, I mean, if we could see like a little bit more bing town, I might be interested, but they're really just kind of dripping it out. Yeah. We uh, saw Kenneth's fancy room on his ship. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's true, but he, somewhere around Divi Town on his <laughs> ship. His, his hook room. smelly Divi his... Town. I love that they made the note of him closing his window so he didn't have to smell the stank. <laughs> Such a fucking snob. It's real. It's We've all been there. So maybe just me. Uh, what, <laughs> what a tangle. What are the worms doing? The worms. <laughs> they're things. being Speaking. fucking gross. They're stroking themselves. Disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> Shitty Cool. Do you think that when they're like sailing through the water, they have the little like the little turds that just hang off of them like fish? One hundred percent. I'm exiting the chat. No. Oh, God, that's all I'm going to think of now. (laughs) (laughs) I just, it's funny because in the last episode, I was like, I hate them. They're perverse. And Ashley on her track, you can hear her go, perverse. (laughs) (laughs) Rachel has been G-chatting me during the day. Just like, I fucking hate them. I hate them all. Get me a harpoon. Get it. Get me a harpoon. <laughs> I am interested to see, though, like how they go about attacking ships. Because they're a sea serpent that's in the water. So if they attack a ship, oh, the like, serpent. what okay. do they do? They don't breathe fire. Are they just like jumping so, up on deck and just, chomping down on people. So I'm trying to it. figure out how big they are up in my head because from Brashen's memory it's half the length of a ship. I don't know how big that ship he was on is. But additionally it could open its mouth big enough to swallow a man whole. So, well, I mean, so that's a pretty shark. big head. Yeah. I think they just rise up out of the water and just like flop. Yeah, I'm like, the do deck. they like bump the ship? Do they work like as a posse and they all attack a ship together? Like, I don't know. They all just start rubbing their brine on it. Ew. Ew. God, you guys are They good yell, the I'm out. the man of this tangle. <laughs> I'm the man of this tangle. <laughs> this tangle is mine. Oh my gosh, do they just, do they brainwash all of this, the people Suck on the ship down. and make them all commit suicide? Well, yeah, yeah, it sounds like they can, they've got some power over people's yeah. minds. Yeah, I wasn't but thinking also, about that, but it, it's true. It seems like they follow Verity, around the slave ships <laughs> and the slavers chuck bad slaves to them or something. I don't know. Well, the, de- the dead bodies. The, yeah, as slaves die, they're using them and throwing them into, Yeah. When I was reading it, it seemed to me like the slavers were purposefully dragging the the serpents towards the pirates so that they would plague the pirates. 
That's no, that's the I way I read it. That them. they were trying to draw the the serpents towards the pirate isles. Mm. No, I think they're just following them, and they have to go by the pirate isles because that's where the inner passage goes. Yeah. Please consult your map. <laughs> I did when I was reading that section, just to be super <laughs> sure. Uh, next up is the ship's talk. What did we learn about live ships? I mean, mine melds, pegs, ships, logs. I don't know. Stuff. He taught him to make knots, make a hammock. They, they like making hammocks. They like having friends. They need, they need human yeah, they contact need to, bond. to be whole. Yeah. Apparently their eyes, their carved eyes work like eyes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What if they carve extra eyes in weird places? Will that work? <laughs> um, and finally, is this the patriarchy? Yep. Yes. 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 So, much. <laughs> so much. Still the patriarchy. Please consult the, st- the drawing that I will post in the episode description. It's so Down good. with Kyle. <laughs> Please use the hashtag down with Kyle. <laughs> I might overuse the word inseparable, but this is one place where it is appropriate. But his view, the, his view of masculinity and, and fatherhood and, and leading the family doesn't allow him to ask. Like, yeah. if he didn't think of it first, then it's, it can't exist. He can't accept help. <laughs> yeah. And he can't admit ignorance, like, ever. It's, it's a bad way to be. I know, I, absolutely. But I think, I think what, like I said, what's what makes him kind of sad as, like, a person is that I don't think his heart is terrible. He just, like is so egotistical and like so wrapped up in like yeah that idea of that's what he has to be that he can't allow anything else you know all right so what are we looking forward to before i sign us out we're looking forward to kenneth capturing a live ship apparently (laughs) yeah rooting for the bad guy we're just looking forward to kenneth possibly killing kyle (laughs) or like at least making things difficult for him Looking forward to Althea and Brashen going on a buddy adventure to find a new life or a new ship, because clearly they're both in the same boat there. Yeah. In the same boat. boat. I like that. (laughs) Yeah. My speculation (laughs) is the pirates get Vivacia and Kyle, and then Althea and Home Slice take Sad Boat to go and rescue Vivacia. (laughs) (laughs) What happens to Wintro? Hmm. You know, these are sad books. They're going to be sad. I can tell they're going to be sad. (laughs) Not everybody gets to be happy. Are you not already sad? I've been sad the whole time. I'm angry. I'm I'm in the angry phase. I'm not sad yet. Ah, Team Althea versus Team Wintrow. I see. Team Paragon. <laughs> Team Paragon. I wonder what would happen if I set myself on fire. <laughs> oh, so Just sad. normal thoughts. It's a normal thought to have. But Paragon wouldn't be sad if he had a friend with him all the time. Like, he's so happy and all, like, brash and doing his like, He just has really high standards. Sleeping on him. Yeah, and so when he finds that person, when he finds that special bond, he's going to be so happy. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. Uh, reminder for next reading section, chapters 11 through 15. And once again, no content warnings for that section. What's the Kyle warning? Yes. <laughs> uh, the Kyle warning? <laughs> How many chapters of Kyle sucks are there? You can turn that shit to All of them? Yeah, you can turn that shit to Threat level midnight. 
<laughs> yes, threat level midnight for sure. <laughs> with Kyle. All right, I'm Rachel. You can find me at Darth Rachel on Twitter, Darth underscore Rachel on Instagram. Uh, please check out our little website. It has links to, you know, uh, Spotify playlists and little biographies and also our other podcasts. So check it out. My name is Alyssa. You can find me at AlyssaMaynard.com. Please listen to my Live Ship Traders Spotify playlist. I worked very hard on it. Uh, I'm Jenny, and you can find me at Spray on Instagram. I'm Eli, and you can find me at Chewy Bread Cosplay on Instagram. I'm Elena. You can find me at Moth Elena on Instagram and uh also associated with at rtfb podcast where we talk about other books and i'm ashley you can find me on the things at ladybird parker down with kyle Out. Okay, so yay! Hi, yay! How <laughs> dare she not like Amber, but also super on brand because yes. <laughs> hated the fool for like the first whole book. I can't believe it. Oh my god, yeah. there's so much skepticism going on with different characters like Althea that I loved immediately, and I loved Amber immediately. So that's yeah. interesting to see. Yeah. Well, I think it's also because they're because of the way we're reading it we're not just like reading it for pleasure and just being like yeah cool book and like putting it down and then maybe not like thinking about it too hard like mm -hmm. we're sitting here trying to pick it apart so now they're trying to figure out where robin hobb wants to hurt them like where are they being set up right you got a group of deep thinkers here yeah <laughs> i wanted to ask you when how long did it take you to realize who amber is uh so i was technically spoiled no yeah i'm so, so sorry because i wasn't gonna read the, the these books at all because i was like i don't care i'm only in this for fits and the fool <laughs> I, I i knew my ship i was on my ship i was happy with my ship and that i saw on tumblr they're like oh no the fool's in these books and i was like oh they are okay great so <gasps> i started reading them and then when we encountered amber i was like well that's the fool <laughs> oh no <laughs> yeah yeah. Uh, but I was confused at first because I was like, wait, was the fool a woman the whole time and Starling was right? Like, yeah. Oh, I had no idea for the until the most recent trilogy where it becomes a little more clear what's going on. But yeah. um, oh, I was a dum dum until the very end of the trilogy when um, <laughs> Amber something says something like, I've been called a fool as often as I've been called a prophet. And I was like, <laughs> wait a minute. <laughs> Do you mean to say <laughs> this whole time? So, so when she sculpted Fitz's face onto Paragon, you were like, "That's cool." Yes, exactly. It's <laughs> like a oh, normal thing to do. That on sounds accident. familiar. <laughs> Think nothing of it. Oh man, I just remember that, and I was like, "I don't know when it will happen," because at that point, the new trilogy hadn't been out yet. But I was like, "But I know 
that Fitz is going to come face to face with Paragon and it's going to be hilarious. Oh yeah. Oh, I was so looking forward to that happening. Yeah. Oh. When that when it, when that happened, I was like, "Oh yeah, this is all I wanted. This is it. This is the scene I wanted. Nothing yeah. else matters." <laughs> she wrote it perfectly. Yeah. Oh. Like, "Oh, this is the guy. This is the guy." <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I felt oh, like Fitz and like when people show up and call, start calling the fool Amber and he's like, what mm -hmm. are you talking about? What are you doing? The... This is my friend. Yeah, I was deeply confused. What? Ugh. Who's Amber? Why don't I know Amber? Yeah. Amber? You knew me first. No, I know you. You're my friend. You don't belong to anyone else but me. <laughs> oh, love it. Um, I am... Um, excited for them that they are excited for pirate stuff yeah um i'm sad for them that they have to wait like yeah. so long it does take a bit to get rolling yeah oh man yeah i remember the most of the last book for a reason i think <laughs> <laughs> well i am because i'm reading ahead and i'm just like god like we still haven't captured a live ship like all right have my, you already... my memory of the... no my memory of the chronological events is obviously very shortened because i've just tossed out all the other stuff i'm like yeah that happened immediately oh no it didn't not yeah. at all <laughs> there's like robin hobb takes so much time to evolve her characters and write the people so well that you become invested in them that the action is pretty few and far between and like tends to pack a punch at the ends of the books yes. especially the first and middle book um which makes the these series really hard to pitch to people <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. We talked about that in the last trilogy as well, about how she takes uh, her time in the beginning. And then uh, I think Ashley says that the ends of the books are often like r the end of the toilet paper roll where you're like, yeah. oh, no, no. <laughs> like, but it is that way. It is. Right, like if you have the patience. But I think it's compelling all the way through. I like that slow. I have always preferred stories with long beginnings. Like I always point to Lord of the Rings and yeah, you know, stories where you're allowed to hang out with with your characters, being either happy or marginally happy, or at least just being themselves before all the shit hits the fan. Right. Like yeah, describe this silt to me. Describe everything so that yeah, my heart yeah. can be dragged through miles of broken glass. Robin Hub, thank you. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah. She's so good at it, too. She knows. It's also striking some of the details that she puts in that I just, um, I was actually talking about this with Joey earlier, but in one of the upcoming sections, maybe this upcoming section or two sections ahead, where Wintrow is like finally kind of almost becoming a sailor and like becoming part of the crew and they talk about the one sailor that like snuck into the captain's <laughs> captain's office or whatever they call it on a ship and like <laughs> put his dick inside his cup, like, <gasps> oh, like rubbed it on the cup and then like ran away. And that's like, now everyone knows he did that. But of course no one knows. It's like their secret hazing of the captain, you know, and, it's, yeah. <laughs> and I'm just like, what is this detail? Like literally sat there struck just like, this is something she thought up she sat up she thought of this and wrote it down yeah right like but it's it's so funny <laughs> and and very within that care you know that kind of uneducated sailors 
you know, bag of tricks. <laughs> right. Like, yeah, these, these are the common people here they are. Yeah. And it makes me, it convinces me that all those boats that are in the dedication in the beginning, maybe Robin Hobb was on board those. Oh yeah. Like they're real. Mm. Or they're people that she turned into boats. Somehow. Oh, but wait don't... a minute. But I don't know. I'd have to, I have to like, maybe I'll post a thread to Reddit and be like, does anyone know anything about the boats? That's a good idea. I'm more curious about that than anything in my entire life. I mean, I am very, very excited for our Rainwild characters to finally show up. Yeah. Um, just because they're very unexpected. Like you feel that you have your full cast, you know, and you feel like you know what the story is going to be about. It's going to be pirates and, you know, slavery and like, Althea gaining the vivacia and then suddenly it's like oh no there's all this other shit going down with Malta and mm. Rain Kuprus mm. mm -hmm. a delicious man oh my god <laughs> <laughs> how does that work how does that work I often think to myself why why is he so attractive when he's covered in boils essentially <laughs> <laughs> I didn't picture them as boils <laughs> it's like it's all those good dragon bits, and then he wears that alluring veil, and he's got his yes, mascara on, probably, and you're like, who's that man from across the room? It's just so yes. romantic. It's the guy liner in the veil, really, that really does it for me, for sure. Yes. Oh, and yeah. oh, Malta. Oh, that whole plot line. It's so juicy. <laughs> it is. We need it. Yes. We need it because we're so, you know, parched, cast ashore on a deserted island for ma many, many yeah. chapters. All this Kyle shit. I'm hungry. <laughs> Please feed me. Oh, I can't wait. Down with Kyle. Hashtag. Down with Kyle. Down the with worst. Kyle. Gonna make t-shirts. I will wear it every day. <laughs> I often actually thinking about like what what could we do for t-shirts for the pod or like stickers or something like something small just because like it'd be nice to be able to just have some swag. Oh no, you've inspired me. I want to make things. Yeah. Oh no. Send I your was ideas. Doodling Althea today. Ugh, uh -oh. Give it to me. I'll put it on the Instagram. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's so nice. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> cool. All right. Well, Yay. I will talk to you next week then. Perfect. All right. Bye. See you later. <laughs>